Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Today I want to talk about the fear of the unknown. We all have it. And a lot of times we act like we good, we got this, I'm not scared, I can handle this, or we think I should be able to handle this, but inside we are trembling like a child under the bed that hears footsteps coming towards it, right? We are terrified. And this is, people say fear of public speaking is the biggest fear. No, the fear of the unknown. And that is linked to a fear of public speaking in that you don't know how the audience is going to react. You don't know. Are they going to laugh at your jokes? Are they going to boo you? Are they going to look at their watch because they're bored? Are they going to get up and leave? Are they going to throw things at you? Like there is so many, there are so many unknowns when you speak publicly, when you speak in front of a group of people, will they turn on you? I've had that happen. I remember I did a show once where halfway through the show, the, the crowd is loving me. I mean, they're falling out their chairs. If you're a new listener, I also do stand-up comedy. And they're, I mean, I this was like the, one of the best sets I've ever had in my entire life. And then I tell one joke, and all of a sudden, the place just shuts down. And I, and I can, and it never recovers. Like it goes from the absolute best show I've ever had to the absolute worst show. And I remember comics who were there that night saying, I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> and to this day, I'll never forget it. So it's, it's reasonable to think and fear the unknown because we don't know What's going to happen to people love you one second, then they hate you the next or vice versa. That uncertainty is strange. This is also why, you know, I remember as a kid, you know, we would ask ourselves like, what would you do with a million dollars? And as a kid, you know, you come up with all these crazy things that you would buy. But as an adult, that's kind of a daunting question for me to be honest, because that changes my life completely I don't know if I want the change that comes with a million dollars because it thrusts me into another tax bracket changes my routine possibly where I live how I spend who I'm hanging out with those are a lot of unknowns like how many people are going to come out the woodworks asking me for money needing assistance um, and I, so I just don't know what comes with all of a sudden having $1 million. And I think that's why so many people, uh, it, it's been said that most lottery winners lose the money. They end up going through it all uh, before in, in like 10 years or something like that, maybe even faster. So this fear of the unknown is common. You even see it in wildlife where there's this video of this guy 
and he's facing off with a lion. And all he's armed with is toilet paper. That's it. He has a roll of toilet paper. And every time he attempts to throw the toilet paper at the lion, the lion backs off. Because the lion doesn't know what that is. He just sees this guy, this person, this entity, making a threatening motion with this thing in his hand. And because he doesn't know what it is, he backs off. And the lion never attacks him. I mean, it keeps trying to close the distance, get a little closer, but it never ultimately leaps at it. Now, I looked in the comment section and people were saying, it's because they were two young uh, male brothers who were still finding their way. I mean, these were still full, pretty, uh, they were young lions, but they weren't like cubs. These weren't babies like these were. If they lunged at your boy, he would have he been toast. Um, and also, they said if it was a female lion, uh, it may not have worked. So there were all these you know, different speculations as to, why this toilet paper ruse worked for him. But the point is, the unknown. Even a shark doesn't just attack. It circles for a little bit because it, it doesn't know, are you a swimmer? Are you a seal? Are you a threat? Are you a meal? Hey, I did not mean to make that rhyme, but it did. That's why you hang out with your boy, Leo. Um, so, if you're in that space of uncertainty and recognize, first of all, we are always in a space of uncertainty. There are just times where we feel more confident, more grounded, more self-assured, more I got this, I can handle this than other times. But we are always swimming in a sea of the unknowns. We're not in complete control over the economy, over the atmosphere, over the wildfires, the uh, the air pollution, the you know, the 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 the, uh, the value of the dollar, like there's so many things that are unknown to us. So as soon as we wake up and step out of bed, you know, we're just trusting that the floor is going to hold, that the building won't collapse on us, that our neighbors will be friendly but we're always swimming in a sea of unknown, of the unknown. And once we realize that, once we embrace that and accept that, then uh, it allows us to surrender to the moment instead of getting caught up in catastrophizing the future and uh, worrying about the past. It's natural. That's really what I want to drive home, this fear of the unknown, because it can come from negative experiences that we've had in childhood, right, that were traumatic, um, an inherited tendency to be fearful. There are just some cultures that are a, a bit more anxious and fearful than other cultures. Some people like your mom just worried about everything and her mom worried about everything, and so now you're worried about everything, right? Um, and then also what feeds that is, you know, the news, like when we are, when people are sharing scary things with us that are happening now and that could happen in the future, you know, 
you go down these rabbit holes of um, conspiracy theories or you just turn on any news channel, it's like, oh, this happened over here, so this is going to happen. And they just make things 10 times bigger than what they are, right? It's, and, and if you couple that with being exposed to frightening or terrifying situations, that just adds to our sense of like fear and anxiety and uncertainty and uh, and it's okay it's it's natural it's, sometimes it's your brain chemistry right you, you got too much of this and not enough of that um, it's natural but you you're it's always going to feel like a struggle if we're not aware of it and we don't accept it we don't accept that you know it's we're like, oh, we know we did our best, but this could go either way, right? Um, we see champion boxers get knocked out all the time. They prepare, they're the champs, they hold the belt, and yet still they could lose this fight. You know, I mean, a lot of people lost money on that Mike Tyson Buster Douglas fight. We didn't see that coming. Everybody was sure, they were so sure Tyson was going to win that fight, but. That's how things go. So, of course, your question is, how do we manage and and overcome this fear of the unknown? One is we have to trust ourselves. Trust yourself. Trust in your own abilities that you'll be able to recover in some way or you'll be able to move forward. Maybe you won't be able to fully recover, right? But you'll be able to move forward in some way. You'll, you'll learn something from this. It'll be, you can chalk it up as an experience as opposed to a loss. Trust yourself. Trust yourself that you'll be able to gather the resources to make the best of it. And you may just surprise yourself. Lean into that. Lean into the fact that, hey, I, I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything that could possibly happen, but I'm going to do my best, and I'm going to keep my eyes open for a surprise. I had that happen once. I lost. Um, I did a comedy competition in Boston, and it was a five-day comedy competition. I got eliminated the first day. I flew from L.A. to Boston. I had no money for a place to stay. Or I had maybe, I think, $10 for the entire week. I had maybe, I think I had like $15 or $20 for the entire week. I was so broke. But I went anyway. I was like, let me just see what happens. And this other comedian... I forget his name, but I've called to thank him, and and uh, he was like, don't even think about it. He just comes up to me after I do the show, and he goes, I loved your comedy. You should have won. Why don't you crash at my place for a little bit? I don't know where you're staying. And I was like, what? And Because what was phenomenal about that, I never mentioned to anyone. Andy, I didn't even know anyone there. I'm an L.A. comic. I was in Boston. I knew no one. And this guy just comes up to me and he goes, you can crash at my place for the week if you need to. What? 
not only that, he had food. And and other comedians came up to me and then booked me on some other shows that I was able to get to. I mean, it was just a week of surprises. But none of that happens if I just just didn't show up. And part of that was me trusting myself. The other part was me also being young and arrogant, you know, just like, I'm going to win it all. <laughs> I'm 47 now. I probably, I definitely would not take that kind of chance right now. I have, <laughs> I have too many needs. But at, when you're young and you're single and you're just like, yeah, well, yes, you're just saying yes to everything, right? Um, and the other way that we can overcome our fear of the unknown is to learn what exactly we're afraid of. Are you afraid of people booing you? Are you afraid of the financial ruin? Are you afraid of rejection or losing your partner? Like, what exactly are you afraid of being bored? or lonely, or taking advantage, like, are you afraid of the excitement of it all, the exposure, the intensity, the, the prying into your private life, really get to the source of your fear. Because if you're not aware of what it is you're really afraid of, then you'll just start reacting to everything that kind of triggers it, and you're not, you're not really assessing like, oh, that, I'm afraid of that, but it's not a threat. Because some things can feel like a threat, but it's not, right? It's almost like, uh, you know, the dog, when, it, when Mila hears a sound, starts barking. She, she gets scared. It, it, she's thinking it's a threat. And then it's, it's like the male person or, uh, you know, uh, the dog walker or something. So take time to be like, what is it that I'm really afraid of? Is it an emotion? Is it something external? Is it a certain outcome? Is it like, what are you afraid of? So it doesn't, it doesn't prevent you from acting, right? Um, and then the other thing that we can do when we are stepping into the unknown is talk to someone who's been through it. And I know some of you are like, man, Leo, I don't really have anybody to talk to. I don't really have an, an outlet. I don't have friends. That's, the, that's what books are for. That's what YouTube is for. Like You can hear people share their stories about going through a similar, it won't be the exact same, but it'll get you in a ballpark, right? Like you might have a very specific form of cancer, right? Um, but when you listen to other people who have dealt with cancer and some of the issues and challenges with that, that might help you to navigate what you're going through. You might be able to parse out what is relevant for you in your situation. You, you know, if you won the lottery, to, you know, hear how other people manage their money because there are success stories there are people who won the lottery they won the millions of dollars and were able to grow it and be happy from it and 
live joyous and free and, and thriving. But of course, you know, you really got to dig for those stories. Right? That's not going to make the headlines. We want to know about the, the tragic endings, right? So talk to somebody who's been through it. And, and that's the beauty of social media. We demonize it so much, but it really allows you an opportunity to reach out to people who uh, have been through it. You know, when I had my neck surgery, I had a spinal fusion, C3 through 5. I really would have loved to talk to other people who have also had uh, spinal surgery. And one of the things that got me through it afterwards was uh, discovering that there are other people who had my same surgery and were able to thrive and and still get strong and, and go back to doing the exercises and the workouts they were doing beforehand. So that gave me hope. It gave me a vision for the future, something to aspire to. It planted the seed that, okay, I can not only recover, but I can build on top of this. I can get back to zero. I can get back to to neutral and build. Right? So it's not just about getting back to where I was, but I can get there and then move forward. And that was beautiful to see. So, you know, using social media, hearing their stories, you know, listening to bios, all those things. And, you know, last two, uh, take care of yourself. And this is so valuable because a lot of you know I struggle with sugar. Uh, I might even be going to rehab for that. I'll keep you uh, in of that move if, when that, if and when that happens. Um, take care of yourself because what I find is the more I'm into, I numb my emotions with food or drugs or sex or, you know, I don't drink, but when I distract myself, when I'm avoiding the feelings and going into other things, it intensifies my fear because I'm, I'm at no point ever really sitting down with myself and facing the fear. It's almost like, uh, you know, going back to the kid in bed under the covers and he sees something in the corner. And instead of getting up, cutting the light on to see what it is, he just eats. <laughs> he just eats, right? He just eats and he drinks and he, and he watches Netflix. Like he just numbs out. And never discovers what it is, never confronts it, never closes the distance, never talks about it, just kind of hope it stays in the corner. And that's no way to live. That's a, that's a way to, 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 to like, if you want to, sur- you can survive like that, but you're not living, you're not thriving, you're not, you're not engaged. Right? You're kind of trapped in the bed now because now you're not going to leave the room. You're like, ah, I'm going to stay in this bed because so far nothing's happened to me while I'm in the bed, so I'm just going to stay in the bed. And, um, and, and that's, that's when our life becomes sad and um, we struggle to find meaning after that. right? And then the last thing is uh, embrace change. And I know that sounds cliche, but 
change doesn't mean that everything around you will suddenly become better. It just means that things will continue to evolve. If you dread change, you will not be able to adjust and hence keep fearing the future. So we have to embrace that life is changing constantly. That's the only constant thing in in life is change. So with change is going to come unknowns, new challenges. There is a book that I just finished reading, The Savage God. And in The Savage God, he says, um, and this is is written by uh, A. Alvarez in the 1970s. And it's a book about suicide. And it's written by A. Alvarez, who also attempted to end his life. And at the end, he concluded that he had been striving for happiness. He wanted to be happy. And he realized that he to be happy is to realize that life is always full of problems. And when we think about life just being full of problems, then that denotes there is some kind of solution or at least some way to, to deal with it, work with it, manage it. Not, not every solution has a definitive answer, but it, it does mean that we can get a little closer to solving it. It's something that we can, we can work on. It means that we can take action towards resolving it in some kind of way. We may not get it exactly, but we can get close. It's almost like, you know, with the space shuttle launch, the, the number of times that, you know, we tried to land on the moon, get people in space, and had epic failures. We had space shuttle explosions, crashes, um, just malfunctions. But every time we got a little closer until we landed on the moon. And even landing on the moon, yes, that was the objective. We didn't get that absolutely perfect. We were off by... Uh, an inch or a centimeter or a degree or this or that. So even then, we didn't absolutely perfectly solve getting man to the moon, but we got close enough to achieve our objective. And so when we think about problems like that, think about your fear of the unknown like that. Like, it's not about absolutely overcoming the fear. It's about just taking action to kind of peel back the layers of fear. What are we afraid of? Who else has been through this? What can I learn from this? All these different things that can empower us. How do we get a little bit closer? That's what the lion did. The lion didn't run away. It it got a little closer every time. And then when he threatened, he the guy pulled back. But the lion never stopped coming. Actually, it actually it, it did. But I think there was a guy off camera uh, <laughs> with a rifle aimed at him. But we don't know for sure. 
So whatever your unknown is and your fear is, notice where in your body you feel it. Is it in your stomach, in your chest, in your throat? Embrace that. Accept it. It's part of the human experience. And when you realize it's part of the human experience, that will embolden you to then talk to others about it. Instead of, oh man, you know, they're going to make fun of me. It's like, even if they make fun of you, that's because they've been through it. And and now they're happy that somebody else has gone through it. And they're not going to let you know that they experienced it also. But this is about you and your growth. Getting you out of bed and cutting the light on and seeing that that thing that feels like a threat is probably just a coat hanging up on a rack. If you found any value in today's episode, do me a seven-second favor and share it with one other person, just one, so that you two can have a conversation, ask them, you know, hey, what did you learn from this? What was your takeaway? What came up for you? Uh, what are you afraid of? What's your big unknown right now? So when we have conversations that we can connect, and when we connect, we have community. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Remember, this podcast is not a substitute for you calling the 988 or any of the suicide prevention numbers that are listed in each and every single one of the show notes. Whether you're in Germany, Africa, Budapest, Chile, Chile, where my Chileans at? What, what? Uh, you can call, chat, text. You can go to thrivewithleo.com. For one-on-one coaching with yours truly. Let's get to tomorrow together.